0: Hello, legends, and welcome back to the show. Catching up with Cub, as always, is brought to you by Cub, the Club of United Business, Australia's number one members club connecting our country's top entrepreneurs and business leaders. Today, we're catching up with Cub member, Ari Golpa. Uh, Ari is the world's most sought after trust-based selling authority. He's the CEO of Unlock the Game, and he's been featured in every publication from Forbes to the Financial Review, Ari literally drops a knowledge bomb in this podcast your brain is about to explode mine did I literally did not stop writing notes Um, and you're going to seriously increase your conversion rates for your sales conversion rates so enjoy the show And we're live. Welcome to the show, Ari. How are you? Really good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, th- thank you for coming. Pleasure. Um, I got told that you hosted a, a private uh, cub conversation the other day with a small group of uh, of our members and I got told it was one of the best conversations, if not the best conversation that's ever been held at mm. the club. Mm. So I've been incredibly excited for you to get here and to to hear exactly what you told uh, some of the other members. Great, I'm I'm happy to share what I can. And you you are the world's um um the world's authority in trust based selling.
1: Yes, about this for
0: a long time, at least twenty years now, or at least twenty years now. Yeah. And and just f- for those of us who don't know exactly what trust based selling is, how would you describe it?
1: well essentially it's 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 a real mindset shift Mm -hmm. it's letting go of your mental goal of making the sale and instead focusing only on building trust with people and helping them
0: tell you the truth of where they stand
1: and there's a whole story behind that but that's the concept behind it and if
0: you know if you know the true reason why someone's there then you know how to sell it well not just that but
1: if they tell you their truth of where they stand you don't have to chase them hoping you might make the sale you know where you stand in advance. So mm. it's a deeper truth. Okay. Um, we'll go, what we'll go into right, we're going to today. We're going to get into that. it. Then.
0: <laughs> and then what about your story? How did you start? What's the story? How did you, because you created, you're the kind of, I guess, founder of the whole concept of yes. trust-based selling. Yes. Uh, you're obviously from the States. And what's the story? So basically, like I'm originally from the US, from California,
1: I've been here 15 years, married Nazi, happy to be here and as Australian now. Um, but essentially about 16 years ago, I was a, a sales manager in a software company. We ran we launched the first online website tracking tools. It's called Google Analytics now. It's Mm -hmm. a small software that tracks your website behavior. You've probably heard of that before. And uh, so we launched the first one um, when the internet was taken off. I was pretty excited about it. And uh, my job was being the very large accounts, the big opportunities. And this one day, uh, a contact came my way, a lead, and I got the lead, and it was a big company. And if I close this one sale, it will double turnover of the company in one go. That's how big it was. So the whole team was excited. Uh, they agreed to a conference call to do a live demo of our product. And they found finally came, 4 o'clock on a Friday, I went in the conference room with my CEO at Closed Door behind me. It's a big, long conference room table. On the table is a speakerphone. You know the ones with three legs on it, the corporate yeah, speakerphone. Yeah. So uh, I, I dialed the number for the conference line, and the phone rang. My contact picks it up. He says, Ari, glad to have you here. We're looking forward to your, your, our conversation and your demo. And he says to me, let us tell you who's on the phone with us today. And I said, well, great. I'd love to know who's with you. And next thing I hear is, my name's John. I'm CEO. And I was like, wow, CEO. This is good. My name is Julie. I'm head of marketing. And I was like, oh, is this is a career My name is Mike. I'm head of, I'm the CTO. And I was like, wow, this is like, everyone is a decision maker. <laughs> this is going to be a good call. I was pretty excited. So then I just des- uh, described who I was, introduced myself Started giving a live demo over the web of this tool on their websites that we tracked ahead of time. And I'm showing this to them live and I started this noise on the phone call, like, wow, this is great. This is amazing. They start asking me all kinds of questions, you know, how do we use it? How do we install it? And they have all right, all right kinds of questions. I had the right kinds of answers. It was like, it was like a love fest on the phone. You know, I'm talking about the customer just feels so right. Yeah, yeah. They got, you're, you're like, I'm on. This is happening. This is happening. They got the yeah. questions. You got the answers. You're saying to yourself, "This is like the dream come true." And I was like, I was on a roll. They were happy. It, it was it was just amazing. And um, an hour goes by, and they ask me all kinds of questions. I had all the answers, and we finally came to an end. And he says to me, "Ari, this has been amazing. We love it. Give us a call a couple weeks from now. Follow up with us, and we'll move this thing forward." And I'm like, "Oh." Thank you, God. What a perfect sales call. I got the high five back here for my boss on the shoulder. <laughs> He's on his phone with a new car he wants to order with a bonus <laughs> on his mind. This could not have been the most perfect call ever. So I said my goodbyes. I said, thank you so much. I took my arm and I reached for the speakerphone. to hit that off button on the speakerphone. As I'm reaching for the button, the off button, by complete accident, now it's the divine intervention, I hit the mute button instead of the off button. By complete accident, they were right next to each other. And I kind of slipped and hit the wrong button. And a small click happened. And they thought I hung up the phone. And that split second, a voice inside of me said, Ari, go to the dark side. Be a fly in the wall. Listen in. Go where no one's ever gone before in the world of selling. And I just, something snapped to me. And I pulled back. They started talking amongst themselves thinking I had left the call. And you heard the truth. Now, what exactly? Now, what would you expect them to say from a call like that? What would you expect to hear on a call like that?
0: How exciting. Oh, this is going to change the business. Oh, this good idea. Who found this call? Who found this person? Yeah, great. Exactly. That's what I was waiting to hear.
1: But let me tell you what I heard verbatim, word for word. I'll never forget it. That's why I'm here today. (laughs) What they said was this. They said, we're not going to go with him. Keep using him for more information and make sure we shop someplace else cheaper. Knife in heart twist. I was in a, Daniel in a state of shock. I can imagine. I'm pretty white, I was even more white. I was a ghost. <laughs> I was like I was like, "What? <laughs> I was so shocked, and I kind of reached for the phone, hit the off button, looked at the wall, and said to myself, "What did I do wrong?" I was competent. I was professional.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I wasn't aggressive. I answered their questions. I did everything I was taught to do in selling. Mm-hmm. I listened to the CDs in my car. I went to the guru seminars. I was a student of selling at the time. And um, I didn't, I can't figure it out. And the first big epiphany hit me, and that was this. And you can tell me if what you think about this, that somewhere along the way, it has become socially acceptable
0: not to tell the truth to people who sell. Oh, 100%. It's, 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 people aren't honest these days in general. There's, there's a facade and people don't like confrontation. So people don't like saying, Hey, I don't like what you're selling. I don't like you as a person selling it. And I don't like anything, right? They, they'll just say, yes, yes, yes. And yeah, now fuck that guy. <laughs> you
1: know? hey, well, it's, they actually say things like, sounds good. Mm. Send me information. I'm really
0: interested. Yeah, That's we're sounds- definitely interested. <laughs> Let's catch up. Yeah. Just, well, just give me a, a week to think exactly about it. Exactly.
1: Without any intention of buying. Yes. And I was like,
0: wow, I can't.
1: this is going on. It kind of woke me up to a whole new view of things. Then I asked myself this question, why were they afraid to tell me the truth up front? And I realized the reason why your potential clients aren't comfortable telling the truth in the beginning or at all is because they're afraid you're going to use that to try and make the sale on them. And then there's an invisible rever pressure of almost pressure that flows underneath the sales process. Now, you can't see it and they can't see it, but it's there. And unless you consciously remove the pressure from the sales process, then they won't tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. And that became my whole premise called Unlock the Game, our whole mindset on how to shift your thinking away from the end goal of the sale and instead shift your thinking to how can I get to the truth of people and not the sale? Because if I get this part first, then that part will come second. And that became my whole philosophy and shift called the Unlock the Game
0: Mindset. So, and the reason, if, if if someone's trying to sell to me, the reason I guess I wouldn't want to tell them the truth is because then I'm exposed. Right? Yes, they know they know how to correct. get me. They know what my position is. They know how to work me now. So I'm, I'm a bit fearful of telling yes, the truth because
1: you feel vulnerable. Because yes. if you tell them everything you believe, they're going to use that for their own intention to make the sale. Because yes. your experiences that people who sell have their agenda and mind first. Yes. That's exactly the experience you have is what everyone else feels in the marketplace, even today. But if you felt from that person, the way they engaged with you in the beginning, they were not like that. They were actually so truthful and so honest. You felt it at hello. Then something inside you would say to yourself, something about him. He gets me. Yes. I feel comfortable with him. I can be honest. I can tell him the truth and he'll be on my side. Now, if you have that feeling with somebody, that's called instant trust at hello, and that's the dream everybody in business wants right now. How do you create trust with people at hello in the beginning, not the end, to end the chasing game forever? I
0: can fully relate with that. For example, uh, at CUB, especially when we first started, what right. well, we sell is amazing. It sounds amazing. Surround yourself with all these accomplished business people and, and you'll be more successful because of it. It sounds incredible. Why wouldn't you do it? But, uh, and I always told the membership team when we were selling, when we were selling at the start and still to an extent these days, and I'll get into, get into that as well. But at the start, it was like, oh, some people just would, oh yeah, it sounds, that sounds really good. sounds really good. And they would never join or we'd never get them again. And the team would say, oh, but they sounded They were interested. Maybe our our pitch is wrong. Maybe we're saying the wrong things. And I used to say to them, no, they don't trust us. They don't, they're not believing what we're saying. We might sound too good. What we're selling is too good. They they don't trust us. We have, we've only been here one year, two years, um, even three or four years isn't that long of a time, right? So how do you win that trust? How do you get someone to believe what you're saying? Because if they believe you and what you're selling makes sense, then why wouldn't they buy it? Why wouldn't they? And Why that's wouldn't the they? big
1: question in everyone's mind right now if you're a business owner. You know you add value. You know you can help people. Why wouldn't they just say yes? That's the biggest yeah. frustration that every yeah. owner has right now. <laughs> just buy. They, <laughs> yeah, what is your problem? <laughs> and that's where the whole sales process has become dysfunctional. It's become dysfunctional because we've been uh, over the years conditioned with a mindset from the old sales gurus to basically focus our, our, on the end goal of what we want which is a sale. Mm-hmm. We haven't been 100% focused on what they want, which is solving their problem. And that is key. Don't focus on you, focus on them. Yes, now there are two layers to that. There's a service level layer and a deeper layer. Most people will agree with you and go, oh, I, I talk to them about them. I don't talk about me, you know, I, I'm not pushy. They say that, but what they're not doing is they're not going deep down the iceberg of the core issues they actually have. They just kinda hear the problem, they go, oh, I can help you with that, mm-hmm. and then it kind of flows into
0: nothing. Yeah. So we'll talk about how to go deep with people and get the truth of people in the beginning of the process. Amazing. And so you're sitting in that meeting. You've just you've just you you've been shocked to your core. You you've lost all faith in all the gurus you've listened to in the past. And, and so what did you do?
1: Well, I, obviously uh, it was shocking for a while, and um, it, they they never returned my call. I followed up and that became the wake-up call where actually I quit my job. Wow. And I launched this whole new way of thinking with a massive following behind me. And let me tell you where it also came from. My son, his name is Toby. He's 15 years old. He was born – that same year when he was born, we were told that he had Down syndrome. And at first we didn't know how to under, how to understand that for ourselves we realized what a gift they had in our hands. And uh, if you know someone who has Down syndrome, they're very special people. Mm-hmm. They're uh, transparent, they have no hidden agenda. They just are so honest with honest. people, you can't help it. And I, I learned so much from him. I took his learnings and wrote a book about him called Lessons from Toby. And that became the whole core philosophy behind our system. Wow. is how to essentially engage with people without an agenda. But that armor around you you carry work every day. But then when you bring to work to go sell something, all of a sudden you become somebody else. You're Mr. Someone else. But if you can remain authentic, but then connect to their authenticity using what I'll share with you today, you've cracked the code.
0: Wow. That's, it, 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 it's, it's a, you've taken, a, you've learned from your son and you've yes. literally, that's been the, the foundation to a, a, a philosophy of, of honesty. Yes,
1: truth. because the whole, I realize that the whole sales environment has become so dysfunctional and so much money is lost in countries, and businesses that we could be making right now if we can solve the problem of buyer and seller anxiety. If we can solve that problem, Daniel, we will be heroes together yes. because everyone's losing money, and they, but they want to help each other. So what's the problem? What's the breakdown? That's why I figured out how to fix that problem.
0: Incredible. And so you launched your journey, you launched this way of thinking. I and launched it after that
1: story happened. I left my job and I literally started to do some consulting. I remember I had a 10, 20 page ebook on my website many years ago, a dollar a page. And I used to have a live chat back there and I have my photo in the chat box and people would come in and they go, is this Ari Galper? Really? And I go, yeah. And they go, well, um, how do you have time to be talking to someone like me? I said, what else should I be doing? <laughs> You're a customer. <laughs> yeah. So I literally started like that, like just myself and trying to get the idea across. And then all of a sudden it just caught on. And it's so funny because now with the economy, what's happening out there, all of a sudden trust has become the top priority for every business, but I've been mean, this for 20 years. So it's almost like
0: I've been discovered now for 20 years. Yeah, well, it, I always say to people, you, you don't trust anything these days, right? You can listen to a president say something, a prime minister say something, a company CEO say something, an ad, right? You don't trust it. You don't believe it. It's almost like, oh, okay, that's like, okay. But if the only time you really trust something is when someone you trust tells you to use it. Like that's that's probably the, that social proof, that, that word of mouth, referral style. That has been the only... And tell what you're obviously about to teach me. The quickest way for me to trust, to trust them. And you see, the cup, referrals are the second largest um, uh, driver of membership at, uh, at the club. So it works.
1: Definitely, because it doesn't require selling. And yes. that's what everybody wants. Everyone's dreaming about more referrals. Mm. They hope they get more. The problem is less and less are coming because things have become so commoditized now. People have lots of choices. and It's hard to be unique. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we'll talk about today. What's your
0: opinion on referrals?
1: Oh, well, obviously, the thing about referrals, you got to be careful, though, because you can be seduced to believe they're ready to buy. Mm-hmm. Just because you referred to somebody doesn't mean they're halfway there. Yeah. All it means is you got a connection. So you have to begin the process the same way with them, as you would somebody cold. A cold lead. Because that's people get really confused with that. They go, Oh, wow, he's calling me. He missed Hey, let's get going. And the guy's <laughs> like, Well, uh, no. What do you? What's your name? <laughs> See, we're already in <laughs> step number five. Yeah. And they're on number one. Yes. So everyone's got to be, understand this. I wrote an article about the, I think it's called the myth of the
0: inbound lead. We think it's hot, but it's not. <laughs> well, one thing we did, we implemented a. Um, so we used to just go from meeting mm. to sorry, uh, booking to meeting in the clubhouse. Mm. They would meet uh, one of the directors in the clubhouse right. for 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 their introduction. Yeah. Um, and what we found were that uh, many people were joining. But they would join after the meeting, mm. and we wanted it to happen during. It was just easier; the, the odds of getting them signed were higher. So we implemented a, a vetting call. So there was it, there suddenly became a call, a touch point before the meeting, which took the me, So it took the oh, I want to find out more about Cub right. out of the meeting. Right. It put it before it. So we called it the vet call. We we turned a marketing lead into a sales lead. Right. So now the person's coming in; they already know about the club right. to an extent they don't know the details, Correct. they know what it's gonna do and they know the concept. Right. So they're coming in really to buy, to find out, okay, how are you going to do this for me? How are you gonna grow my network with yep. 40 other accomplished leaders per annum with every year of my membership? Yep. And how is, how is that gonna give me extra knowledge, more business opportunities yes. and greater relationships that are gonna help me grow my business? I wanna find out. We tell them when they come in and they, 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 they now join on the spot, right? a higher percentage of them anyway. So we called it the vet call, And I feel that that's, it's it's made leads go from marketing leads, which are, hey, I just want to find out more, to sales leads, which is, hey, I want to come in and see if all's real. If it is, I want to buy. Let's talk about
1: that. Okay. So what you've done, which is smart, is you actually slowed down the sales process. You're adding more steps to it. And here's what we discovered. The more steps you have your sales process, the more trust you create. The less steps you have in your sales process, the less trust you create. Yes. And you did it instinctively on your own. And there's more we can do to this actually to extend your process to actually improve your conversion rate by adding what I call trust assets. Things we can add to your process in advance of that first call with them. Okay. So that you
0: reverse the momentum. So it's not them selecting you anymore. It's you choosing them. I'll give a shout out to Jordan, our national sales director, because he's the one that invented that bet call. Cool. <laughs> not me. Sure, <laughs> but, no worries. But, but, um, but uh, 100%. It's the, the more you see something, the more you trust it, right? The more you like it. I, I said it in a podcast the other day. Right now, Trump's ratings are going up because he's doing his press conferences all the time. So what? I don't know what he's saying and all, all the stuff around it. Who cares? But my point is his ratings are going up, and it's probably be just because people see him more they trust him more. They see his name. They see his it's face. more familiar, yeah. They're, they're more familiar. And the brain is designed to trust things that it knows rather than things it doesn't. Yes. Which I guess is exactly what you said at the start. If When they sit down, they already trust you. Ah, they're ready to go. So it's about getting the trust before.
1: You got it. The whole goal here is to make the sale in advance of the first meeting. Okay, so how do we do that? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Oh, boy. I'm open up some deep, <laughs> advanced knowledge here. But the whole notion is how can you, for your business and other businesses listening, create enough trust with people to position your firm as a category of one, mm-hmm. as what I call a trust authority. So when the first conversation comes up with you or one of the owners or members, the call is not, what can you do for me? And you have to sell them. The call is a diagnostic phone call. Mm-hmm. You're diagnosing their problem. What they don't have right now, that you can provide to them and you go deep enough on that phone conversation to the point where they say to you, um, how can you guys help me? Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the key. You have to wait until they say to you, how can you help me solve this problem? And that's the challenge because most people in sales want to dive in and say, oh, God, we got the best network. We got—we want to start rattling off all of our benefits. We get so excited and we sense an opportunity. Mm-hmm. We jump in. That's the whole chasing switch. We're conditioned to chase the lead. Yes. If you shift your mindset to realize your goal isn't to chase the lead, your goal is to diagnose the problem, build enough trust with them where they buy from you. They chase you. Not you sell them. Mm-hmm. You've just unravel that dysfunctionality that's so inherent in the economies right now. And
0: to do that, could you ask, uh, just get deeper into the question, so why were you interested in, um, in growing your network?
1: So that's, that's uh, a bit advanced in the okay. process. You have to start with, always start with this question on every first call with someone over the phone who's a business owner, mm-hmm. and that is this. Can you tell me a little bit about your story? Your journey up to your current business model today, and why is that? Because then, because they now go backwards and they start before where they're at right now. They start with right now. Oh, I need more leads. I need more help. All of a sudden, there's no depth to the conversation. They won't unravel it to you what their real story is. They're holding back from you half their story. They don't even know you yet. They're not yes. going to tell you anything. Yes, they'll tell you what they need. The game. They'll tell you. But if you ask them that question, they will go, well. I've been in this for 25 years. My dad started the business and all of a sudden it opens up the entire thing
0: to a whole new place. Yes, Yeah. It's crazy. And um, people love talking about themselves. So they're going to jump at the opportunity to tell you. And once you know their story, you also have the opportunity to relate to them because you'll have similarities in their story. Oh, that happened to me. I've got kids too. I grew up there. So let me catch you on that one. Okay.
1: That's called building rapport.
0: Yes. So you're that's a good to,
1: thing, yes. I'm going to challenge you on that notion. Okay. I would suggest that your goal is not to build rapport on this phone call, not to become their friend, yes. and not to show them that you're similar to them. That's traditional, That's typical. What's this selling is, hey, how can I match up with them and how they feel about me?
0: Yes. But that's being selfish. You should be thinking this about that. This is
1: not about you. And it's not about you trying to match up and be friends with them because mm-hmm. the more you try to build a relationship with them in the beginning, the less trust you create. People go, oh, Ari, I'm so good at building relationships with people. Everyone knows me, but they're not making the sales because building relationships is a long way to building trust. You can do it at hello by doing this instead. Rather than talking about yourself making a match, when they tell you the story, you listen for their challenge. When they say to you, look, so here's our business right now. We're trying to grow, and we don't have much of a network. Then you say, tell me a little bit more about that. Well, I've been so uh, behind the desk for such a long time on the factory floor. I had a chance to get out there and really build a, meet some contacts. I said, well, well, have you tried this? Have you attempted to get out the market before For a while? No. Well, what do you think it's potentially, I mean, what are you losing because of it not doing that? Now you build the impact of the problem. What's the ROI losses? What's the lack of value they haven't gotten? They start to realize a full context of what their own problem is. Mm. And they're saying it to themselves. Yes, because now they're filling the blanks, which have been blocking for a long time. They're not going to tell you everything, but if you can get them to unpack their own problem, at
0: some point they'll say to you by default, "How can you help us?" Yeah, because it's brought the it's brought the extent of the problem at, to the front of mind to it their Amplify yeah.
1: the original issue that they are not going to
0: tell you up front. Yes, if you can unpack that at the beginning. You've just changed everything. And the way you start unpacking that is by asking them their story. Saying, hey, tell me. Tell me, how did you start? Tell me the story. Tell me a
1: little about your... Here's how it starts. Here's the exact language you have to use. Okay. Because it can get confusing. Can you tell me a little bit about your situation, your story, and your background up to your current moment? Model today. I use the word model, not business, because when they say business, they go, "Well, I'm an insurance. We do insurance selling. We do cars, auto, and that's it. They just stop." When you say model, Mm -hmm. people go, "Kind of well, well, the pro." It kind of opens the brain up to more things. I don't know what that one word we tested that, and that changes everything.
0: Model. Yeah, it's not and also it takes the the skepticism that you normally have to have on when you're talking about business? How's this person trying to get me? You know, business is also a bit of a jungle. When you start saying-
1: Everyone's used to that question. Every sales rep in the world asks that question. Tell me about your business. And the Ah. guy's like, well,
0: oh God, here
1: I go again. Okay, I'm a, don't. it's,
0: see. yeah, it's, it's, yeah. So you've got the story, you've got, you get this story. They put, they bring up the extent of their problem and it's now at the front of their mind. They've now asked you, okay, what can you do about this? How, how can you help? Me? How can you help? And me? that
1: requires a lot of patience to, to get there. wait, to get to them to ask you that. Cause we want to tell them, we're, you yeah. love what you do, Daniel. You're so passionate. <laughs> yeah. You want to tell me one about it because <laughs> you're, you love it, which is great. But if you do that prematurely in that conversation, you've lost it. <laughs>
0: brum, brum. Hello, Ari speaking. Hello, Ari, Daniel <laughs> King. We're the best networking club in all of Australia. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they're going to say to you? Let me think about it.
1: Yeah. Now okay. you have to chase them. Mm which the whole goal here is to end the chasing game permanently forever. So back to what you're saying is, if you go deep on the iceberg, mm-hmm. unpack the problems, they say, how can you help me? Then you have permission finally to talk about how you can solve their problem.
0: Yes. You know?
1: And they'll listen because they, it's important to them now. Well, now they're ready to buy. They weren't ready before. So we jump in too early mm-hmm. to talk about what we have to offer them because we're excited, we're passionate. Yeah. Like we've been top of the gurus. If you're passionate about what you do, you'll be successful. Mm-hmm. The problem is you do that prematurely, the conversation,
0: you're killing your own sales opportunity. And, and it's not to say that um, that type of selling, traditional selling doesn't work. It's to say that you, what we're talking about is trying to lift from your close rate from 15% to 50%. Absolutely. If you never met me, you still
1: grow your business. Yeah, but course. what I'm going to help you figure out and, and hopefully your members is how to stop the losses mm-hmm. that are occurring every single day by what we think
0: we can't control. Mm-hmm. And speaking of the mem- you you're a relatively new member. I just right?
1: joined uh, this past year. Oh, December. incredible! It's yeah, been yeah.
0: fantastic. Yeah, so far so good. You know what was amazing? I said it to you before. We're talking before the podcast. When um, I don't know if it was that you that posted or we posted about your convers- the, you did, the yeah. think tank you hosted the other day. All these members already knew you. Like I didn't know Harry was a member. It's like, I remember because it, it was crazy. I cu- I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Yeah, I didn't realize uh, the extent of your of your presence yes i've been on the radar for a long time You've been hiding. Um, very niche for a long time and
1: um it's interesting i had thousands of people following what i my work and i think now what's happening with all the shift going on with the virus and the economy now people are finally realizing that what really makes business tick is trust and they're looking for someone to help them on the sales side to add trust back in their business because they don't realize they've been conditioned to sell the traditional
0: way for years and everybody's needing to increase their hit rates at the moment so and it says, and the conversion rates the con- the key sorry because, conversion yeah rates yeah because
1: you can get leads typically from good marketing but where everyone falls down is that phone conversation their process they end up getting 10 percent of their pipeline closed on average the rest they end up letting go and chasing thinking well they're not saying it. it's all their fault mm-hmm. it's not me i'm i'm doing fine but
0: it turns yeah. out it's us. Yeah, we do that all the time. We're like, that guy must be a moron.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he
0: didn't join. He's he's clearly not as smart as the members that join. Exactly,
1: or then I said you, <laughs> which like, is probably get, the case. Hey, I've had ten conversations, <laughs> but um, I don't know what's going on.
0: I'm doing the right <laughs> thing. They're not calling me. They're not saying yes, Daniel. Well, I don't know. It's not my fault.
1: <laughs> must be the economy. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. But so the, the 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 name of the game is don't chase, be chased. Well, the name of or the Or no, be is, trusted.
1: Yeah, create enough deep truth with them when they tell you where they stand so they want to pursue you. Yes. And you do that by stop selling and instead building authentic trust at a deep level.
0: Brilliant. So do you want to walk us then through the structure of it? Let's or? do that. So okay.
1: how you do that, let me kind of walk through, I think, three core myths around this concept and I'll kind of back into what we call our trust-based languaging, which is words and phrases to use to actually activate all this, make all this happen easily for Amazing. people. Amazing. So one of the core principles, um, I guess, myths behind selling, which we are still in the back of our minds, is this idea that sales is a numbers game. We've been taught to believe the more contacts we have, the more meetings we have, that should basically create enough momentum to create more sales for us. We feel busy. We feel like, hey, we're busy. But it turns out in this economy now, not how many contacts you make, it's how deep you go on each conversation, not how many meetings you have, which is a real shift in thinking because most people uh, manage sales teams by activities, how Mm -hmm. many phone calls, how many meetings, how many conversions? Well, that's our pipeline. Well then we need more leads. Mm -hmm. That's why we're not making more sales. But it turns out the sales lost inside the conversation, not in
0: the overall funnel. But, but let's say you still focus on the overall funnel. So let's say you still focus on the quantity. Definitely. If you implement if you're going deeper with just more people, you're still, you're, you're basically moving your hit your conversion rates higher is what you're trying to do. You don't want to drop the numbers. No, You want to in, keep the numbers or increase, but you want to convert at a you higher a rate. You want to 10X
1: your conversion rate. Yes, and that's the, the same game. flow.
0: Stop the, the hole in the bucket. Those yes. losses that occur right now mm-hmm. are occurring unconsciously. And so yeah. the myth isn't, oh, we need more sales. That means we need more numbers. No, you should be saying, okay, well, you've already got this many leads coming through. How do we make sure they actually convert? Why
1: are we losing these leads? Yes. They're qualified, guys. guys yes. Why are they going away? Hmm. Let's look at ourselves. Mm. As mm. far as I'm concerned, people should have between a 75% to 90% conversion rate. Jeez. If they're qualified. Yes.
0: That's what we have. So <laughs> not that conversion rate, but but um um, ours is actually thirty percent. So, which right? is I thought that was pretty high, but not seventy-five. Um, but that's of in, that's including uneligible members. So, so take up the uneligible. Yeah. Words. So when I wouldn't know what it is then. Oh. But when we um, when we uh, meet meet with somebody and they don't sell, they either go in or we don't sell it. Sure, sure. They either go in one of two buckets. They go in lost, which means um. Um, we, we could have had them, we, we should have got them. There's, why, didn't they, why did they not join? We, we want to keep them because they should join. They're eligible members, their companies are big enough, they're whatever they it qualify, is, yeah. they're qualified. And, or they go into uneligible, in which we don't currently have a product for the, for, for the uneligible sure. membership, yep, but we're gonna have one very soon. Um, um, and so you've got that funnel. What you're trying to do is increase the conversion rates for the lost members, the the uneligible, sorry, the eligible clients. That were qualified. That were qualified. That were lost because of the sales process. Yes. And okay, first myth. It's not just the numbers. Yes. You've got to
1: increase the conversion. Yes. The other one is this idea that the sale is lost at the end of the process. We think we've gone through all of our, uh, they got through the hoops. We did what we did right. At the end, it, fell, it falls through. We discovered the sale is not lost at the end end of the process anymore it's lost at the beginning it's almost lost at hello (laughs) i'll I'll show you right now in kind of a fun way if someone calls you tomorrow morning on your mobile phone and you hear this you hear hi my name is i'm with we are a what goes through your mind in about three seconds it's over at hello i'm not suggesting you guys are doing cold calling but i will suggest that somewhere in your process earlier on is where the sale was lost not further back mm-hmm. into the conversion conversation. So could we, this is a whole trust asset idea where mm-hmm. this concept I created where you can build these devices, assets like a physical book or I have what I call a trust box. We design a trust box that we actually ship out and mail overnight express delivery, signature required in advance of ever having a chat with any qualified lead with us.
0: So say that again. So, before so
1: you if speak- we get an inbound opportunity comes our way and yes. they're qualified, mm-hmm. we schedule a call with them. Okay. Like you would have scheduled. Yes. An a cool. They get from us in the mail overnight express a box called a trust box in that box contains what we call trust assets. We invented this uh, concept a while back and we developed this for our clients where we put in this trust box things in there that essentially builds our authority, builds our credibility and differentiates us. And it's not brochures. <laughs> it's not product information. It's not about us. I'm gonna send one of our members in the box. <laughs> hey, this is someone you're- <laughs> That's possible. Made this guy. Hey, I like what you're thinking now. <laughs> possible. like you would remember it. <laughs> exactly. So I put in there like, for instance, my book about Toby's in there. Mm-hmm. My book about my unlock the sales game books in there. Um, My trust authority books in there. So I put all my books in there. Uh, There's a magazine about me in there, but the content itself is not about our solution. It's about the problem we help them solve. And that's the whole switch. It's not a, hey, look at us. We're fantastic.
0: The content describes all the issues that our solution solves for them. And so how could any business figure out what should go in their trust box? So what they have to do is essentially
1: reverse engineer and unpack, identify what are the top five to 10 problems that your solution solves for people. Interview your current clients and ask them this question. After you joined us for a while or used our services, what problems went away for you? And they'll tell you. Mm-hmm. If you know what those are and you unpack those into content, your pre-sales funnel is
0: not any more content about your business. The content's about their problems. Okay, so... So one of the best things about CUB is that members are all – they learn from it. Your, your uh, knowledge as a business leader at CUB, it's like university on steroids. You, you learn at a far greater pace than anyone else in business because you're constantly surrounded by people like yourself. So we could essentially create a book that is not selling, it's not doing anything. What it is doing, however, is highlighting the three tips or three lessons that – of each member of, of, let's say you choose 40 members, you get three lessons from each member, you put their photo, their company. These are three things that this member thinks other people should know in business, right? And the person's reading the book thinking, wow, look at the members, A, but B, oh, that's a cool tip, that's a that's a great, it's kind of like that Tools of the Titan book. You know, when they got all their tips and tricks and what they do, you can do that for the club. definitely
1: one asset for the box, but you're missing something. You need something else, something around the idea of how do you choose a networking club that you can trust.
0: Pull my it's, pretty face. And it's <laughs> a
1: <laughs> that'll help. <laughs> it's a how to. How do they think about their process for selecting their solution? So we have become to educate too early on in the process here with content. We have to help them process what they have to go through. So yours might be how to choose a professional club that you can network and trust. There's so many out there, there's X and Y. How do we differentiate? Well, here are 10 things to look out for when choosing a networking group. Yeah, helping them choose you. And you put in there all the issues they're used to experiencing Mm -hmm. that have fallen down with other groups. This is what sucks with people networking. Exactly, yeah, A, B, C, D. Now with us, it's different. Let's discuss that on
0: our conversation. Okay, you don't give right. away how you're different. You just unpack the problem. And if a company wasn't doing the actual box itself, they could still deliver that information in yeah. a way. In their Yeah, Absolutely, yeah, that's- But yeah. The, the, the goal is before you meet them, and was that after you speak to them? No, before. before. So, so Before if you, you speak to them, before you meet them, they're, they're already, you're building trust.
1: In advance of your first conversation-
0: Wow! It works really well so for after they're booked. A ma- so after they're booked in for
1: something. So let's, let's walk through a scenario. Let's say inbound lead comes off in. your website, phone call, right? Hits the email. Phone rings. Now, how about okay. phone rings? Okay. They say hi. I'm interested in learning about Cub. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty common like email. In, 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 in Usually we say, "Oh, great, fantastic." So, um, yeah, and we just kind of get in the sales mode. Mm. What I would say said is this: I'd say, "Well, look, happy to walk you through uh, what we do and learn more about you," but I, I've got a thought. How about this? How about if we send you in the mail some information in the box about what we do? And let me have you review that first. Let's schedule a call to discuss that a week from now. And then I go from there. How does that sound to you? I am purposely slowing down the
0: momentum. Mm, which which no one else does, which in itself builds trust.
1: Yes, because we're, our brain goes to, ooh, in that lead, mm. we, it's called hopium. It's mm. a funny drug in our body. Hopium, you know, hopium gets so yeah. excited. Oh, we get the phone call. We're like, yeah, high five. Look hey. <laughs> at <That's laughs> a big well, hit. <laughs> I know, our head's already on the sale. We've lost the psychology of their point of view. So mm. we slow the whole thing down and that in itself differentiates your firm based on your process,
0: not your product. Mm. Wow. So they've come in then, they've got trust. You've spoken to them on the phone. How do you continue it going? Well,
1: basically, if you do this process right and all your inbound leads, if they're qualified, get they get this process in place, get the trust box in the mail, whatever it might be, they like they thank you for it, first of all, on the phone call, like, thank you so much for this. Yeah. And then you start doing what I suggested, which is, you know, talking about your business and your story, and they unpack the problem. They say, how can you how can you help me? Then your team can walk into your solution. Now, that also got to be careful because it can also be oversold. Mm-hmm. Like so many things rolling off, features, benefits. How many members do we have? Oh my God! There's so much. to this. come, and all of them like they're overwhelmed. They're like, oh wow, it sounds great, but let me um, let me think about it.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that. So really, what you're saying is focus on the core on their problem. Make it specific to their problem. You're solving that problem. You don't need to decorate a dance around. You don't need to decorate the tree if they just ask for one type of decoration. You don't need to put all the, if they want to stop Don't keep adding more value. You don't the need secret to. here is not to sell it's value. It's Overselling. And it gives them a reason to find an answer to saying a reason to say no. Ah, yes. oh, that I'm not going to use that. Nah exactly. I'm not going to Exactly. Now he says to himself, God, this
1: guy won't stop selling me. Oh mm-hmm. I wonder with this. How did we get over yeah. here?
0: you know that's happened to me before. I learned that lesson a while ago. And um, it would have been years ago because I was I was obviously doing the sale myself and uh, i can't even remember who it was they they member now but i can't remember exactly who it was but they were they were doing the application so they were already they'd already agreed they're signing they're signing up i'm like great this uh, this person's a brilliant member like they are going to love it they're going to love the other members he's perfect anyway i was sitting there and i was bored so i just kept selling i kept talking while they're already agreed to buy and uh, he actually stopped doing it and goes, oh, you know what? Let me just have a think. He did join, I will say, but he didn't do it on the spot, which means that I was giving him an out. He was already committed. He was sold enough to do it. And I had been, I had given him an out. I'd given him a reason to do Really, I could have just stopped selling. Yep, happy, walked off, let him sign up.
1: Yeah, overselling. But I, yeah, I, over, I oversold.
0: And I probably didn't have enough trust in this first place.
1: Right. There's a way to fix all that. And mm-hmm. I've got a new concept I created called a sales roadmap. And what that is is a visual uh, a way to help the customer on board. Okay. Let me walk you through that concept. Let me test this So they can one.
0: see it, a printed system of, of the process. Yeah. A, pro- a proven, a proven process. Okay.
1: So he says to you, how can I help you? Uh, he says to me, so how can Cup help me? Mm-hmm. Then you say, um, are you near a computer by any chance? He goes, yeah, let me go to www.cob roadmap and up will come a visual uh, screen I'm gonna show you. Let me kind of walk you through what our process is to work with you.
0: And that builds trust because then they know you're not lying because it's written down, it's already there. They can't change it, they're not saying, oh yeah, no, no we do that, they're, it's there, it's trusted. You're rerouting them away from the pitch.
1: You're routing them into mm. a process and they feel comfortable. They feel certainty with that. They feel, they feel good because they're not being slammed for the clothes, you see? Mm-hmm. Now they, they, they log and they open this thing up and it has a diagram it shows them a flow chart. Let me mm. kind of walk you through our process, John. Uh, phase one is we onboard you to meet all of our members to get your first connection. So phase two is then you do this. Phase three, that's our process that we would do with you if we believe
0: you're a fit for us. Could you have, could you have, yeah. If if we believe you're fit for us, I was just, I just wrote that down. But you could even flip that and say to them, um, "No, that's exactly what we say. If you believe, if we believe if, you're fit for if us, we're if fit. we're good for you too, yeah, because yeah, yeah. part of that process could be like, well, listen, do you actually need us? Let us ask you a few questions to see if you do, or, or you know, are you currently looking for this? Are you currently having this problem? Would you benefit from this? Yeah, yeah, I would. Oh, excellent. Well, this 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 could work then. This can be a uh, you, you we should continue this conversation. So I shared with
1: the members yesterday, this notion called a fit notion, a symbol of a fit, that they have to be a fit with your culture before you allow them to enter it. Mm-hmm. And you can't be afraid to say that to people. You got to say, look, let's just make sure that we're a fit here. If we're not a fit. It's not going to work out for either of us. Mm-hmm. So let's slow things down. Can you imagine telling... Let's slow down the process. Yes, don't, don't pay me yet. <laughs> yeah, no, hold on, because I don't want it to even move forward unless we know that you're a fit here. Mm-hmm. If you're not, we're not going to be happy. So, are you okay if we kind of see so you're kind of rerouting the momentum, slowing it down, and they're going, "Oh my God, he's not trying to." This is so weird. That's trying to sell me.
0: And also, you you technically may not actually be slowing down the time frame of the sale. you the perception is that you're just being more cautious of, to sell you. You're telling them that no, there's more gates we have to go through to get to there. But the time frame may be the same. Here's their psychology.
1: They don't care. They care less about your solution. They care more about if you're the one to go with.
0: To solve their to problem. To solve their
1: problems. They're, they're sussing out the entire time they're processing. Can I trust them? Can I trust them? Is mm-hmm. this real? Is this fake? Is it hype? They're not checking out the quality of your product. They don't really care about it. They just want to make sure mm-hmm. that the communication's authentic. Can, can I believe what he's saying? Exactly. That's the biggest question in the mind right now of buyers in business that people aren't dressing because they're trying to sell so much mm-hmm.
0: that you don't understand how to make that bridge happen. Mm-hmm. And the second myth you said, so the first myth was uh, sales is a numbers game. The second myth was that the sales lost at the end, in the, but it's actually lost uh, at the, the beginning.
1: beginning. Yep. That's because the whole process is designed for a close, not designed to build trust in the beginning. Yes. That, and then the last one is this notion around rejection. The rejection is part of the sales game. You know, if, you're not, if you can't get out there and kind of knock on doors and play the, you know, hit it hard, you're not really made for success. And we discovered that rejection actually is triggered by certain things you can say to people. That causes them to push back on you. I'll give you an example. And, I'll, and I mentioned this yesterday, everyone kind of enjoyed it. I'm gonna ask everyone listening to this, uh, watching this podcast, right, to, to remove one key phrase forever from the vocabulary as of today. And that is this to never again use the phrase follow up, follow up ever again in your business. So don't say, oh, how about I follow you up on Thursday? I'm just giving you a call to follow No, all oh, that. The word follow up is only used by what industry? Sales. sales, and here we are trying to be heart-centered and authentic, but our languaging says, hi, I'm calling you to move things forward, buddy. Let's get going. We say, hey, how about we want to check in with you? Touch, remember, touch base is your classic sales languaging from the 1980s that we're still using mm-hmm. that
0: creates momentum and pressure and makes us look like the stereotype we're trying to avoid. Well, it puts up the defense so that the trust no longer can happen. Exactly. The truth can't come out. People are using that email now.
1: Hi, I'm writing you to follow up on our previous convert Follow up. Mm-hmm. Fo-. So you replace that phrase with this. This is our trust-based language. You, you don't use the word follow-up. You say, I'm giving you a ring or a call to see if you have any feedback on our previous conversation, any feedback on our previous meeting and a feedback on our proposal. When you use the word feedback, they start talking and talking. And yeah. It's just crazy. What That
0: one switch alone changes everything. And when you're asking for feedback, they're gonna tell you the things that if you do it, it'll get them across the line. They tell you the truth. Yeah, and that.
1: <laughs> That's your goal. Your whole goal with our premise is
0: your goal is to get the truth to people. Yeah, and, and like, like, I, yeah, like I said, it, uh, look, I think that it was great, but also we're looking for this. And then you can say, oh, well, actually we can do that. That's not a problem. Here's our proven process. Take a look. It's in there. Get on board. I get that's incredible. So no more follow-up, only
1: asking for feedback. Feedback on whatever you had previously. Because you're going backwards, not forwards. See, follow-up is moving forwards Mm -hmm. towards a sale. That creates momentum. Momentum creates pressure on people. If you go
0: backwards, it removes the pressure. And they Mm kind of go, oh, you actually want to listen to me? yeah <laughs> yeah like, again your your the perception is I'm not trying to sell I'm trying to sell the best to the I'm trying to sell the best product to the best person the, the right fit right
1: fit it's got to be a fit that's the whole premise of the process you you have to tell them this up front let's I, make sure we're fit
0: and I like the idea of getting them to bring to front of mind their their problem and do you do that in the pitch as well so you can do it on the phone when you're first talking to them but when you're actually meeting, are you going through their story again or are you going in more detail or what are you doing? So if your initial conversation
1: is unpacking their problems, mm-hmm. those problems get carried through all the way to the end of the process. Okay. So you don't have to kind of- You just keep hitting those problems. You just stay with that. That becomes the anchor to the process. You keep asking, Do you? here are the key questions to ask. Mm-hmm. Number one, is it a priority for you to solve this problem? Number two, how urgent, what's your timeframe? Do you want to solve it? You ask those two questions alone, that flushes out tire kickers mm. and those that are real. Yeah. Is this See, important to you? Do you want to start now? Yeah. Is it a priori- That's Is it a, not important? Is it a priority? That's a very important languaging switch. Mm-hmm. Is it a priority for you to solve this or not? If he says no, then hang up the phone. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. It, is, it is actually right now, oh, okay. And then what's your time frame on this? Are you looking at like next year or like next 90 days? What are you thinking on this, John? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, like right away. Okay. So to make sure that we're so you just, in two minutes, fleshed out where they stand versus kind of hope they're going to just pull down the line. It's crazy. The languaging is the key. The trust-based languaging to, to cut through the noise right away without being aggressive,
0: but building truth out. And really it's just zigging while everyone else is zagging. Yeah. And, 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 and it's now more than ever. Well, first of all, no one trusts anything anyone says anymore because everyone just talks too much. The world's too loud. There's too many messages. Yes. And now more than ever, companies need to lift their conversion rate, because and, there's less people able to buy.
1: And the other obstacle is the world's become commoditized. Almost everyone has a competitor. Things sound the same, they look the same. Mm. One
0: more networking group, well, how's it different? People already have a frame in their mind. Okay, let's talk about that then, because you said, uh, what was the phrase you used? i wrote it down. Uh, being uh, the... Um,
1: Trust authority.
0: Trusted authority, no, category of one. Category of one, yes. Yeah, category of one. How do you, okay, that's all well and good I can implement um, this trust building process into the sales process. But how does that make me a category of one? So
1: here's how you do it. It's not from a marketing perspective. How do we have a better brand, a better USP, better features, it's not from the product side. You differentiate from the sales process side. The way you sell is so different and so unique compared to your competitors. That's your category of one differentiation. Mm -hmm you look looking do so much on the product side. We have an app. Oh, well, wait, we have a, it's like you, you can't scream louder on what others already no, well, have. Everyone has an app. Everyone well, has that But service. if you change the way you engage with people up front, they go, oh my God, this company is so different. Mm-hmm. Honey, guess what? They Look what I got in the mail today. There's something about them. It's the way
0: you communicate differentiates your business, not your product. The purple cow, the purple cow approach. Yeah, all the cows look the same. The purple one, I'm going to notice that one because it's different.
1: Their way they're treating me feels like I'm a human being and not a prospect. Mm.
0: I'm we're humanizing the process that's become so unhuman. For example, digital marketing. There's so many digital marketing companies out there, right? It's it, it's honestly, I I believe it's probably the most overpopulated uh, industry to get into at the moment. They're all the same too, right? But now they're niching, niching so they are niching. They're having they're being forced niched to a ridiculous extent. So. they're overpopulated. How can, why would I go with one digital marketing company uh, over another? Well, they both do the same thing. I like both the people, whatever. But without having to change your product and your people and what you do, how you can be different is by selling differently. Yes. It's it's by selling with the trust-based. And then suddenly you're the purple cow. They're like, oh, well I met 10 companies. That was the only one that really stood out.
1: Yes. Because they, get me. Yes. They understand my problem.
0: I resonate with this person and I feel a connection with them. I really like that. So you just, there's so many businesses that do the same thing. So no longer can just the product be different. The, the, the way you sell it. Yes. Is the point it has difference. to be
1: innovative and unique, mm. not traditional, which we're all doing right now. Yeah. We're all just selling the same way with the same pitch. Yeah. So you, you actually disrupt the sales process by making you innovative and different.
0: And so you did you go through all of this type of stuff in the conversation the other day with the members?
1: Not as deep as this, but, Not as deep. but a lot of this stuff, yeah. I gave them lots of uh, t- languaging tips as well.
0: And what other topics did you hit on?
1: Uh, we covered uh, like uh, some scenarios like this. For instance, um, let's do a scenario right now, like a real one with, with my languaging. Okay, mm-hmm. to show us black and white difference. Okay, Let's say you're having a first call with somebody over the phone, inbound mm-hmm. call, maybe a cub lead, mm-hmm. and the call is going well, looks like a good opportunity, and call comes to a close Uh, typically, you know, before you met me, what's the usual thing you say to somebody if you feel like there's an opportunity there to someone at the end of the call? What do you normally say to somebody? At the end of the call? Yeah, you
0: normally say, hey, how about we... Well, are you free next Tuesday or two to meet with... Exactly.
1: We're conditioned to move things forward. Mm -hmm. Our brain's linear to our next step. But what happens if you try and move them forward and they aren't ready yet?
0: Well, they they, they trust, their defense goes up.
1: You break trust right there. Mm -hmm. So same scenario, our approach. Oh, it's going well, good opportunity. You feel like there's an opportunity there. At the end of the call, rather than saying, hey, how about we? Except what you might want to say is this. Uh, you'd say with our languaging, where do you think we should go from here? Ask them. And I'll say it again. Where do you think we should go from here?
0: And then they're directing it. They're choosing it. So they've got the power, which means they feel... They, they, they're able to trust they're usually in a state of shock yeah.
1: <laughs> they cannot can believe somebody in business is not taking them down in a process they already know this is shocking for me they go you know what usually happens it's so funny they go they go oh oh I've got one more question well what all of a sudden the truth comes out on their first conversation because we did not pull them down a linear model which they already know a mile away. It's so commoditized the sales models now. that people know
0: it, and they pull back, and then everyone's kind of playing the game. And I like that. I like what you said. They they freak out. They're in a state of shock because they know they well. They think that you're not following a process that was taught to them. And they are, <laughs> but it's a different process. It's where do you want to go from? Where do you want to go from here? You're sending the
1: message that you're here to listen, mm. not to move things.
0: Forward, which is and, so And you're allowing them to go at their pace too, which means they're going to be more comfortable. You're giving them permission to feel comfortable, telling you the
1: truth to know that you're not going to use that against them by intercepting them earlier on with this mindset and languaging. And that changes the whole conversion process because now they're telling
0: you everything in the beginning and not the end. And then how as a salesperson or as a company for a founder or a CEO, whoever it is, how can you build personal authority then? How can you build um, um, uh, trust authority? How can you build Okay, so so You've got the books, but how can you do that? Well, how do you package
1: yourself, you're saying as an authority in your space, as as a figure, 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 that's that's positioning. And that wraps around what we call trust-based, trust authority positioning, where you start thinking about languaging that differentiates your firm in a niche. So you can niche down. Let's just say you're, I don't know, a consultant, mm-hmm. and you want to differentiate your company, right? You're a general consultant. Well, if you can choose a certain niche, say, I don't know, telco or high-tech or insurance, then you can package yourself as Australia's or Sydney's most trusted consultant to the telco industry. You can find languaging that is authentically you, and pre-package yourself in advance of going to the market. There's ways of re your positioning that's authentic. Not saying you're number one or better, mm-hmm. but using languaging that's true to who you are, trusted, most integrity. So you can use languaging, also having, of course, what I call the trust asset, a book. Now, the book itself, Now, here's the key about this. The trust assets aren't Amazon-type books. Mm-hmm. They don't contain solutions. They don't contain, those are different kind of books. Our model is the books themselves
0: only contain
1: the customer's problems.
0: But then what's the value of the customer reading them?
1: So imagine this. You're on a plane flight from Sydney to Melbourne when we can fly again, and you've got this book in your hand that says how to select a networking club that would benefit you the most that you can trust. And you're opening the thing on the plane. It's the plane a read, 30-minute read, and you're scanning and going, you know, choose a firm that X, Y, Z, and they're saying to themselves, man, these guys really understand what I'm thinking about right now. This is a mirror to what they're thinking about. They don't want the solution so fast. They want to make sure that you understand them when you unpack their problems in a trust asset they say to themselves these guys just get me i don't know what it is but somehow they're speaking to me talking about your solution breaks all that it's i know it's totally contrarian to marketing which is marketing our product our solution but i'm reverse engineering this from their point of view so you be and they don't they don't say to themselves oh my god it's not a real book because it's a free gift you give them in this box and they're reading people who get my books, the ones designed for this purpose.
0: They go, Ari, something you said in your book just resonated with me. I don't know what it is, but that's why I'm calling you. I've got to, you, I've got, you've got to remind me, I've got to connect you to our member, Alexi. He's been a member for four years. Alexi, Mentor of mine. He was actually on the At uh, Nucleus. I know him very well. Do you know, yeah, because I was gonna say, he'd be perfect for you, all your clients. He, 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 he does books as well, I know that him very well. he can do the books and he can create yep. them for the clients and things like that, it'd be fantastic. Be, you know him well already yeah I know we're good friends actually I know oh, him. Really? through our networks for, oh no so not through Cup through but you're both no, separate separate networks ah, you know what's interesting yeah for a long time Um, for we, we did like a, a feedback poll thing with the members for every member that joins they normally will know already between three and five members mm-hmm. in the club but not know that they're actually interesting. members interesting. isn't that weird
1: yeah yeah I only some a few weeks ago at another conference
0: oh how good yeah, yeah. And is that your space? What would you call your industry? What's your space? Uh,
1: so I was really online for a long time, online marketing, mm-hmm. where I was online kind of sold information packs, home study kits. So you knew me from a long time ago in that space. So mm-hmm. we've known each other for a long time. I gave a couple of clients a while back as well. So.
0: And so how does your business work then? What's your business model?
1: So our model essentially is uh, two levels. One is consulting mm-hmm. uh, with me and my team where we unpack and customize and kind of put an expert machine on their, your sales process to identify where the holes are.
0: And you, so you'll work with the company to just build the ultimate sales
1: process. Yes, we'll unpack using the what they're doing, system. identify where the holes are and put trust into it. Mm-hmm. And then we also have some online video pros we're launching pretty soon too for um, people just to watch videos, learn about the concept as well, it's mm-hmm. coming out soon. Um, I also, should,
0: go ahead. We should create a, like a, a course for, for all the club members to go through. We'll, we'll do a partnership, we'll create a brilliant course. Imagine every member that joins the club also gets this incredible sales system. They beef up their sales system just by joining instantaneously. Onboarding, ultimate, yeah, part of the onboarding. Of the on-boarding. Is how to make that more sales? Oh, that's What they we should want, definitely do that. What's interesting about that? You just said that
1: people will tell you they want a network, they want this, but what they really want is
0: more sales. Well, I can. What they really want is survival and success. I can right. tell you why people want a network. They want. Right. They want success. Human beings are evolved to survive together. Correct. Back in the day, if you were alone, the saber-toothed tiger going to kill your ass. You're, you're dead. You got the group around you. You're going to be sweet. You can Correct. fight it off. You lot. feel more so, comfortable. Yes, and business people, there's so few of them, right? They're a tiny. The, the business owners are a tiny percent of the yes, population. Yes. And accomplished business owners, or I guess with with um, uh, larger revenues, they're a tiny bit. So they're looking for each other, and they come together not for a network. That's not why. Right. From what a network provides, which is survival and success they're gonna sell more they're gonna gain knowledge that's gonna allow them to grow they're gonna build friendships and relationships with people that are going through the same things as them and normalizing the process which makes them able to take on the challenges correct better and of course they're finding sales because they're doing what we're doing right now talking to each other and oh well i already know you i trust you i'm gonna do business with you why would i not exactly and actually there you go this trust-based selling in in the club, that built happens. All, all the members work yes, together. They yes. all use each other for everything. Yes, it's built in. Yeah, and it's because they trust each other already. Because Correct. oh, I'm a member. You're a member. We, we understand the culture. So post worked.
1: sale, once they're in your system, the trust is already there.
0: Yes, what we're talking about is moving that from the back end to the front end in and this concept to the induction. Yeah, as you come in, this is this is what's this is how it works. This is how to this is how to grow your sales through the club. We have to do that. That's a great idea
1: love yeah, that we love to talk
0: about it for sure. My man, thank you so much. This has been a truly brilliant I really enjoy conversation. That. Oh, I you, I did you see my notes? I love how fast I Laura was freaking out. Laura <laughs> was looking at me like why are you writing so many notes? I was writing them for myself. <laughs> I, so I wanted to be in your in the event that you hosted the other day, but I um, obviously sure, couldn't be. But, sure, sure. but um, perhaps is there one thing you want to leave the listeners with? Uh, a last, I guess, thought or lesson just to leave them pondering or or, or leave them in Inspired or insight. I think
1: the most important thing to think about right now is that I believe my prediction is that trust will become the new currency for how business is done. Especially now it's happening out there. And if you can consciously put it into your sales process, consciously, And make that part of how you make your your firm becomes what I call a trust based firm. Mm. You will dominate your sector. You'll never go hungry again, and you'll always have clients because there are people who want to buy, but we don't let them because we try and sell to them. So, Mm. to me, the way I see the problem, we can close that gap. We can help a lot of people, help our economy, help the world to do more business together by removing all that friction from the process.
0: I love that, Ari. Thank you so much. And to all the incredible listeners out there, if you want to reach out to Ari uh, for any further uh, consulting or just to learn more about how you can build trust in your organization, reach out to us at CUB and we'll make sure you're connected straight away. Thank you all and have a brilliant day.